Uh, well, good morning. My name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors on the team. It is so good uh, to be with you. Uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing on this one passage from John chapter 10. Um, and this passage will really help us unpack, uh, I think, two really pivotal questions that I think all of us have asked at one point or another. Um, and so this week, we are simply talking about hearing God. Hearing God. And next week we'll move into uh, the same question of, of discernment, or how do we discern what God is saying. And these two go hand in hand, and yet uh, this morning we're simply just going to sit in this question of how do we hear from God. So I have, a, have an experience that happens to me often. I wonder if you can relate to it yourself. Um, I, uh, I find myself checking my phone, thinking that it's vibrated before, and I look down and it's like, no one's calling, no one's texting me before. Anybody else had that before? Anybody had that where like, you're convinced that like someone has texted you, but it's not. So um, this is actually has a name uh, on it. Yeah, you're like looking at your mom or your dad or your cousin that, that's happened to. This has a name to it. Do you know this? It's called Phantom Vibration Syndrome. Yeah, okay. Um, in the 1990s, so this isn't like anything new, right? Anything new, phantom vibration syndrome, right? Um, in, the, in the 1990s, I guess they were saying that there's a um, phantom pager syndrome as well, right? Uh, anybody know a pager? Yeah? Anybody under the age of 15, like, actually know what a pager is? <clears throat> okay. We had none. Doesn't surprise me. Um, but so before, uh, before it was ever called phantom vibration syndrome, uh, the condition was briefly known as ringsiety. Right? This, this feeling where we're constantly trying, someone is trying to get, get a hold of us or checking our phone only to realize that uh, it's just in our minds. In 2022, the average American spent 1,800 hours streaming or watching TV and over 2,000 hours on social media. I just want to throw a couple of these uh, statistics at you. On average, right now, each of us, doesn't matter how old you are, um, our attention span is 8.25 seconds. So obviously I have no chance up here now because you guys are like already thinking about the football games or what you're having for lunch. Uh, and oftentimes we're within reach of our phone that has basically just become like part of ourselves, part of our bodies. And this is not just true for our students. Parents, grandparents, you know that this can be true for you as well. We are a preoccupied people, a distracted people. Coming from all directions is an endless source of content, scoring updates, new releases, hit singles, Pokemon to catch, levels to complete, seasons to stream, and headlines to monitor. We are a preoccupied people. This year uh, marks 10 years for me in youth ministry, and, and I've loved every minute of it. Never thought I'd be a youth pastor, and here I am 10 years later. Um, but what I love most about working with students and, and if you've ever served with students, or if you've ever had a kid, or if you've been around a kid for two seconds, you know that there's good questions that come, right? Right? Um, and, and a question that I feel like if I was to kind of chart or to look at, like, a, a recurring question that comes up time and time again um, is, is simply this. How can I hear from God? Anybody else ever asked that question? How can I hear from God? Maybe hand in hand, how do I know it's God? Right? And so this week, we're, we're simply just focusing on this one first, first question, simple question. How can I hear from God? This morning, we're going to be in John chapter 10, verse 1 through 6. If you have your Bible or your phone or you just want to hear these words, uh, I'll, I'll be reading beginning at verse 1 through verse 6. Hear these words from John chapter 10. It says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, 
speaking to the Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Then Jesus continues, When he has brought out his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees who were hearing this did not understand what he was telling them. I just want to press into this one simple phrase for the next few minutes. They know his voice. How do we hear from God? Would you join me in prayer? Jesus, we are here. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us this morning? Would you speak to us through your word? Would you speak to us in a way that we know is you? Lord, would you quiet our minds? Would you quiet our hearts? to receive from you. May they be your words and not mine. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. Um, so if you were to close your eyes right now um, and someone started speaking to you, uh, whose voice would you unquestionably recognize? Maybe like your grandparent or your mom or maybe your brother because it's just that like piercing noise that's in your mind, right? Siblings, best friend, like who is that voice for you that you would unquestionably recognize. Maybe it's Taylor Swift. Anyone? Harry Styles. Um, Morgan Freeman, right? Like James Earl Jones. It's like that deep voice, right? Like it's unmistakable. Um, Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Anybody? Right? Like you would recognize that voice. Um, I'm a parent right now. Any other parent with a two-year-old, you know Miss Rachel and Daniel Tiger's voice. And they're not great voices for me right now, but we put up with it. Uh, (laughs) um, But um, I got one impression. It's literally the only impression. And I'm going to do it for you right now, okay? Kermit the Frog here. Okay, that's all I got, right? That's all I got. Don't ask me to do any other impressions, but you recognize that voice. Any kids under 15? Do you know, Clark, do you know who Kermit the Frog is? Okay, cool. Thanks. You recognize those voices, right? They're those voices in your mind, in your, in your life, in your family life, in your routine, in your rhythm that you just know, right? You're confident, unmistakably, that's that person. But how can we unmistakably recognize the voice of God. God speaking to us. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that God's voice does not sound like Kermit the Frog. It probably sounds like something else, but how do we know when God is speaking to us? This passage from John chapter 10 is a passage about intimacy with Jesus. Knowing Jesus, knowing the voice of the Spirit, knowing when God is speaking to us. Just as a shepherd communicates with his sheep. Hear this this verse. It says, uh, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. This morning we have the privilege of hearing from uh, another student uh, and their experience of hearing God. And um, and so here's what I'd like to do today, just briefly. Um, We're going to examine this text uh, we're going to look at uh, a couple different ways in which, through Scripture, God demonstrates how he continues to speak to us. And then we're going to hear from a student. 
Um, and then finally, we're just going to take a moment to just identify, even before we can discern what God is saying, we're just identifying the distractions that come up consistently in our lives that keep us from hearing from God. And so first, uh, we hear from God in silence and solitude. Anybody, when you hear those words, it just, like, gets uncomfortable because, like, that's the scariest thing ever. For, for some people, like, that is uh, the worst place to be is, is in silence and solitude. Other people, uh, maybe you, you love that. But time and time again, all throughout the Scriptures, specifically all throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus modeling this again and again in his ministry. When he is connected to the Father, he's oftentimes in silence and solitude. Time to remove himself from the crowd and immerse himself in the silence and the presence of being with the Father. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Henry Nouwen was a 20th century pastor and author, um, and he said this, without quiet, you can't follow Jesus, right? And so this whole entire year, what we're trying to pursue as a church is we're trying to be a a people who are about finding and following Jesus together. And, And this man, Henry Nouwen, who spent a ton of time with people, but spent a ton of time removing himself to be in solitude, said, you can't follow Jesus without quiet. How about this next one? This is from St. John of the Cross. He was uh, a 16th century theologian, um, Spanish theologian. He He said this, God's first language is silence. God's first language is silence. God speaking, communicating with us begins in silence. I didn't always want to be a youth pastor, let alone in youth ministry. And, uh, and I had a season early on in college where uh, I was in crisis because for most of my life, I thought I was going to be pursuing business and working with my dad, pursuing a degree in finance. And, and I felt like that was not the case for me. And so I was in this, this kind of in-between season. It was really a, a crossroads. And for me, it felt like the end of the world because I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Anybody else ever been in those crossroads before? Um, I knew that uh, what I had chosen, at least what I thought I'd chosen to pursue, had, had come to a dead end, and I had no idea what um, this next season would be. I remember a season in specifically a, a few-week period where I would cry out to God. I'd wake up super early in the morning and um, go on prayer walks, and I'd spend late night in prayer in the, in the prayer chapel at my school, and yet uh, just trying to press into God to get a glimpse of what he was trying to do with my life, and I heard nothing. And I heard nothing. Anybody else been in seasons like that before, where you are just trying, you think you're doing everything right, and you hear nothing. You feel like you press into God and all the things that you think will help to try and hear him, and yet it's crickets. But something changed for me. I've been reading the Bible my entire life, at least uh, most of of the time that uh, I chose to start following Jesus. My parents encouraged me to do it, sometimes even bribed me to do it, right? But it wasn't until the season in college where I desperately wanted to hear God's voice that I actually began reading Scripture. Like I actually started reading it, and God spoke to me 
in mighty ways. I remember seasons where I couldn't get enough of the stories of God's provision all throughout the Old Testament, of God's faithfulness expressed in the Psalms, the power on display of the words of Jesus in the Gospels. I truly couldn't get enough of Scripture because it felt like God was speaking directly to me. Maybe you can relate to that in moments of your life. I think for many of us, if we're honest, we're deathly afraid of silence because in it, in this silence, we face ourselves. We face the insecurities, the fears, the doubts, the shame, and time and time again, God speaks to us, oftentimes, in these deep moments of silence. I had a mentor in in high school who uh, would go away for uh, a 12-hour prayer retreat once a month. This was just like his rhythm. He he would go away for an entire day, go out into the mountains or somewhere um, to pray, to read, to listen to God. Um, He wasn't a pastor. He was actually like a super high-powered business executive. But he felt like in order for him to really press into what God was doing and wanted him to know, he would remove himself for an entire day every single month to hear from God. <clears throat> and for me, that is something that uh, always stuck with me. Someone that seemingly is so busy, that's trying to do so many things in business and, and to grow the business, chose to prioritize a time, 12 hours on a monthly basis, to just simply get away to sit with God. Solitude and silence is so important as we build rhythms to hear God. But we can't just stay there in this silence and solitude hoping to hear God. It can't just be this one, uh, one directional, at least two-way street, but one uh, directional dimension relationship. Uh, we must hear God in community. Right? And, and there's nothing more evident in all throughout Scripture where, right, well, someone will hear something from God— God will speak to someone in, in powerful way, uh, in powerful ways, but it's really the community that oftentimes affirms it. Again, going back to, uh, to our, our um, verse, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Notice that there were other sheep with the shepherd, right? Like there were other sheep that were trying to discern the voice. And, and even though the shepherd was only speaking to this one sheep, there were other sheep around. There were others that were trying to discern or just even to hear the voice of the shepherd. How important is it for us to be in community to hear God? I want to propose this, that that you hear God, that you can experience God, you can hear something from God, but ultimately it's the community who affirms what you heard, right? Like you you can think of maybe a ton of different examples where, where maybe you have heard something from God, But you bring it to your friend, you bring it to the church, you bring it to those trusted people around you, and they're the ones that begin to help you identify, yeah, that was God's voice because I see that in you. That is God speaking to you because I see that in Scripture, and I see that in you. This past week, uh, Austin, Nancy, Kyle, Becca, and I were able to be in Jacksonville, Florida. Don't get too excited because the weather was a little crummy, but... 
the, the company was good. Um, we got to be away for, uh, for a little bit. Um, is a, this annual pastor's gathering, right? And so um, all the pastors um, in our evangelical covenant denomination get together in, uh, in, for one, one time. It's usually in like Chicago, and it's all crummy and cold. And we're like, oh, yay, Jacksonville, which it was great, uh, but it wasn't as warm as we thought it would be. But this was a monumental uh, gathering um, because this year, uh, just about six months ago, um, we as a denomination collectively, like that actually includes you, um, we called our first ever um, president, um, uh, Dr. Tammy uh, Swanson-Draham, actually she's not a doctor, but she's just as smart, um, to be the lead pastor, uh, excuse me, to be our uh, first ever president of the denomination, which is a huge, huge deal. Um, And so she got to get up and to address all of us in the room, um, and it was, uh, it was really just a powerful time. I honestly, this was one of those times where I like grabbed my phone and like took a picture because like this is going to be history. Um, uh, and so you can, you can see that a little bit. But the reason why I bring this up, the reason why I think this experience was so powerful, not only for me, but for collectively us, even as a church, um, is because we spent an entire morning just praying. Praying for, um, for you, praying for us as a church, praying for one another in our churches, but praying that God would lead us and that we would hear God's voice clearly together. This is a powerful example, powerful experience for me of what it means to hear God in community together. To hear God in community together. It was this powerful moment of repentance in prayer of seeking what God has for us in, next, in this next season. When we begin to hear God in community, it moves us to hear God together in mission. And so you can see how this is all connected, right? Where when we continue to press into uh, hearing God together in community, we start to hear God as he sends us out into different places. Just as each of those pastors, each of those people have been sent back to Chicago or back to the West Coast or back to New York, right, into our own places, we continue to hear God when we're on mission together. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Leads them onto and into the unknown, into the unknown and yet goes with and before his sheep. This, uh, this next month, and, and actually, uh, yeah, about six weeks, um, Pastor Christopher Suri is going to be here from uh, Kodera, Kenya, Kenya, as we celebrate 20 years of partnership um, with Christopher and, uh, um, and his community there in Kodera. And if you know anything about the story of Pine Lake Academy, um, you know that it started and has been sustained by us collectively with Christopher alongside this community in in Kodera, hearing the voice of God and simply just responding. I I don't want to share any more of the stories uh, of how incredible it's been for both us and for Christopher to be on this journey. He's going to be here um, March 5th. We're going to be celebrating this incredible legacy that that has been uh, this partnership. But if you could just get a glimpse of what has happened from literally nothing, literally just Christopher coming to Sammamish as a student, coming to Pine Lake Covenant Church, just sitting, being part of our missions team, and then ultimately going back 
to his community, having this dream to start this school, asking us, hey, I, I'm going to do this. You guys want to be about it or not? And we got to jump on and be part of this. And, and now 20 years later, there's this incredible legacy that continues to be developed. And so I hope you—this is a shameless plug— Sunday, March 5th, right after service, I hope that you choose uh, to be there, to be part of not only celebrating, but uh, anticipating what God will continue to do through that partnership. When we're in community, God continues to send us in mission together, hearing his voice, being attuned to where he's leading. And so uh, I can say a lot, But I think by far the most impactful way um, for us to continue to hear what other people have heard from God um, is to hear from our students. And so I'd like to invite up uh, Renna Chow. Renna is going to come join me. Yeah, will you give a a little welcome to Renna? Oh, Renna, um, thank you. Curtis has a microphone for you there. So Renna is going to come join us and um, just share a little bit about her experience as we've been walking through uh, this question of what does it mean to hear God or how do we hear God? Renna's going to share a little bit about your experience. Hi. I didn't get to see you this morning yet. It's good to see you. Um, so Renna, some of us know Renna. Many of us don't know you. So will you just start um, name grade and then one thing that brings you joy in life right now. Okay. So my name's Renna. I'm in eighth grade. Um... One thing that brings me joy is my two dogs, because they're just so, like, I don't know, they, like, when they play together or, like, snuggle, it's just so cute, and it, like, it cheers me up, like, every day. If I'm, like, having a bad day, I just look at them, I'm like, okay, I'm all better now. Anybody else? Anybody else can relate to that? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, Well, I can attest to that, because Goose has played with Chewy before, but not not with the new pup. Oh, yeah. What's the new pup's name? Uh, His name's Harlow. Harlow, okay. Yeah. Um, Bethany, sorry, she didn't say anything about, like, oh, my sister's awesome, she brings me joy, like, it's the dogs, okay? Let's get that straight, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you love your sister, and you love the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah! Okay, we're moving on, we're moving on. Um, first question, so, uh, I think oftentimes, like, we've been in spots in our lives where, um, Maybe we've heard from God in, in really specific ways or uh, maybe subtle ways or um, are still trying to figure out like what it even means to hear from God. But in your experience, Rena, you, you can just share, um, what, what has your experience been uh, hearing God? So there was this like one specific time, like three months ago, I had volleyball tryouts and I was like so stressed and I was just like, um, like worrying every day leading up to it. So like especially when it came closer, like, within a month. Like, I guess it's not really close, but, like, I was so worried. Like, even a month away, I was stressing, like, really hard. And I, like, thought to myself, I was like, I don't think I can get through this, like, on my own. Like, I think God is the only one that can, like, help me through this. So, um, I, like, Becca helped me a lot. She, like, I talked to her a lot, and she, like, we prayed together, and just, um, I, like, told God that I'm going to give this to him. Like, it's out Mm. of my hands now because he's the only one that could actually, like, help me through it. I really didn't think I could do it myself, and I still think that's true. Um, And I just, like, I don't know. It was such an amazing thing because I found peace in that and, like, really trusted him that I could, like, 
he would help me get through it and it would all be okay and like it just it was a really really amazing experience because the time that I probably would have been like the most stressed throughout the whole year like just that one day of tryouts mm-hmm. is like the most stress well stressful probably mm-hmm. throughout the whole year but it was the time I was like the most at peace because I knew like God was with me and I was just so like confident mm-hmm. in my faith in him and that he like he's got my back and mm-hmm. I don't really have to worry it's so cool yeah I love how you you heard from God like you you felt like God was doing something in your life but um it was Becca your youth leader go pine like youth leaders uh they affirmed that in you, right? That saw that, that was walking with you um, to be able to, to point that out and then ultimately to pray over you. That's super cool. That's super cool. Um, so you're a student. Um, it's really awesome to be at Inglewood Middle School, but there's a ton of different things that are constantly vying for your time. And so um, we're kind of shifting now to hearing God's voice, but now recognizing the different distractions that you feel like come up in your life. Like what, for you in your life as an eighth grader, like what, um, what distractions do you feel like are present that keep you from hearing God? I think like homework and extracurriculars and just being at school, like those things are so like right up in front of your face and it's a lot harder to, like it takes a conscious effort to like hear from God instead of just being in your everyday life, like having a schedule, like you go to school and then you maybe hang out with friends and then you go to extracurriculars or something and like a bunch of homework. Mm -hmm. But for hearing from God, I think you have to, at least in my experience, I have to like really listen and dedicate time and like my full like heart and mind to it instead of just having the like activity in front of my face, like in my everyday life. So you just have to like... It takes a really conscious effort to mm. hear from him mm. in my experience, which makes it much harder than, like, your everyday life. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. I think, for me, it's always refreshing to hear from students. One, because um, I can relate to so much. I don't know, I'm, like, 15 years older than you, and there's people that are a little bit older than you in this room than that. But, um, but we can all relate to that, right? Like, it's this constant cycle of... Attempting to hear God, to press in. I love the conscious effort, right? I love that. Because it takes effort, right? It takes effort for us to hear from God. Um, Renna, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Can you... Thank you. Uh, can you thank you. Yeah. Actually, you can take that. You just give it to Christopher. Another shameless plug for Pine Lake Youth Leaders. Go. Go Pine Lake Youth Leaders. Yeah. Um, so when we... When we think about what it means to to hear God's voice, um, what it means to to be present with what God is doing in our lives as individuals, as a community, I think oftentimes we can get so caught up in the distractions that are around us um, that we aren't even able to hear the voice of God. And so I want to um, I want to just throw this this uh, this last um, verse up, and then uh, we're just going to take a little time uh, to identify the ways in which God um, is speaking to us. This is from our, our scripture today. It says Jesus used this figure of speech of the sheep and the shepherd, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling him. The Pharisees were distracted. They were caught up in 
their anger, their insecurity, their self-righteousness, their desire to control the outcome themselves. And they were too preoccupied to notice that Jesus was standing right in front of them, speaking to them. How might we be in that same position? Wanting to hear from God, wanting to recognize and follow his voice, and yet so caught up in our busyness, our schedules, our social media presence, to-do lists, work pressures, family life, to hear from God. How might we, instead of identifying more with the sheep in, in some moments, maybe are more like Pharisees, so distracted that we can't even hear from God? Our first step, even before we begin to hear God's voice, is to name the distractions that consistently keep us from hearing God's voice. Now I'm convinced that God can speak through distractions loud enough for us to unquestionably hear despite the circumstances. And that's shown throughout Scripture. But I believe that if we really want to hear God, if we really want to begin to hear the way God is speaking to us, we must begin to identify and eliminate distraction. Earlier this week when uh, we were in Jacksonville, um, Kyle and I took a tour alongside one of our friends of this big naval ship that was parked right out front of our, um, of our hotel. And so we kind of went through the tour. There's blue, blue lines that you kind of follow all throughout, right? And we went to the captain's room and um, uh, the, the bridge where they're literally like steering the ship, right? You could walk in there. Um, but then we go to the middle of, uh, of the ship. And there was this, uh, this huge glass wall with like this high security like plating on it. And um, there was like a bunch of different locks on this door. And we're like, what in the world? Like, what, what is this, this room? Right? And so we go up to the plaque and um, it's, the, it's the comms room. It's the communication room. Right? This is the room where all inbound and outbound communication from the ship back to um, other places around the world where communication was going. Right? And I was so struck by that. I was so struck by the way we could walk into the bridge, right? Like where the captain is steering the ship. Or we could walk into where the generals meet. And and there was no security really to be seen around those. And yet you go up to the communication room. You go to the room where communication outside to receive orders, ultimately to where the ship was to go. And there was so much security to protect that room from mutiny, right? From who knows what could come and to try and thwart the plans of what the master command would say to the ship. If that doesn't illustrate the importance of protecting the ways in which we hear from God, prioritizing the ways in which we hear from the Holy Spirit, I don't know what does. I was so struck by the fact that communication Hearing from their authorities was the prime, uh, most important thing that they had on that ship. And as followers of Jesus, how might we prioritize that same thing in our lives? And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. His sheep hear his voice. We hear God in silence and solitude, in community, and together on mission. And may we be be people who know the voice of God. Would you join me in prayer?
God, we, we come to you first um, repenting of the ways in which you have been speaking consistently to us, to us as a community, and we have not heard you because of distraction or because of ourselves. Lord, we repent of the ways in which we have missed opportunities when you have desired to speak to us, but we have missed you. And Lord, as we, as we go forward, as we create space in our lives for, for us to hear from you, Lord, would you continue to speak? But Lord, would you give us the ears to hear your voice? We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.